Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Bob Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It is time for our first book club of 2021. And my question today for you, Samantha, is, were you into Greek mythology I as was. a kid? I was. I really was really big into all of that. Uh, I had the encyclopedia stuff. You know how they had the yeah. story version of all mm-hmm. of that? Oh, and I would read those all the times growing up. Uh, of course, I've kind of forgotten them since then. Um, uh-huh. So I kind of confused the names because there are similar stories, obviously, with different names. Yeah. So I have a moment of like, who? Uh, but I did really enjoy it. I, as in fact, recently, I, which I love to see, we saw pretty much a battle of uh, Xena, warrior princess versus Hercules. And I'm pretty sure Xena won slash Lucy Lawless <laughs> in their Twitter fight. So uh, I just want to put that out there. You got to put that out there. I'm just going to put that what out there. What do you think? Well, if you had been a goddess, what would you have been the goddess of? Uh, Some type of mischief, probably. Like, I definitely would not have been, like, the beauty or the loved one. It's definitely, I would have caused some kind of mayhem every now and again. Like, I'm I'm absolutely sure how you have put my dog Peaches in your D&D as the mischievous, (laughs) kind-hearted, but really disastrous uh, Mm. character in your thing. I'm pretty sure I would be somewhere along those lines, which is why I love it. (laughs) yeah i could see that i could see that for sure Hmm. of course nothing really mean-spirited right oh never (laughs) no 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 um yeah i was i was huge into greek mythology i also had those uh like books with the like images and I would trace yeah. them out and paint them and I'd hang them on my wall. That was the kind of kid I was. Yeah. Um, and then 
I loved this show called Young Hercules, which I said it before. I was on the Ryan Gosling train before anyone else because I was a nine-year-old writing him a very, very embarrassing fan letter that I hope never made it to him. Um, (laughs) So the the eyes were dotted with hearts, Samantha. It was a disgrace. (laughs) But you can't get that show anywhere. And I taped them all. Like I would get, it came on at 3 p.m. and I'd like run in and tape them. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm like, could I like turn a profit? (laughs) Like, Could I upload these? Because I got them all taped. I was going to say, do you think they withheld? Because you know, not all VHSs are in a great condition for viewing. Well, I, I did, the most recent time I watched them was in college, and there was some, there was <laughs> some, you know, skipping around, <laughs> and the commercials are still there, obviously, but sometimes I would, like, fast forward through them, you know, and it would yep, record yep. that, uh, <laughs> but they're still oh, in pretty man. good shape. I don't have a VCR anymore, though, so I can't test it. Yeah. This is the issue. You need to get it. Well, we need a VCR, obviously. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks of me doing the same thing. I think I did that with Green of, um, and of Green Gables, except it wasn't yeah. commercials. It was just a long-winded uh, GPB here in the Georgia. They're uh, yeah. fundraising because that's one of the only time yes. I play it. Uh-huh. And I would pause, try and make it the perfect, succinct yeah. movie. I failed, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I did that stuff too. All of our younger listeners are like, what are you talking <laughs> this about? nonsense. Don't worry about it. As a kid, we rented our VCR from the Curtis Mathis. That's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've been rewatching some old Seinfeld episodes and it's been, the, the technology in it has been giving me a, a chuckle. Um, but okay, today we are talking about Madeline Miller's 2018 novel, Circe, which a few of you have recommended, and I actually, I really, really enjoyed it, so thank you for the recommendation. Um, and this is a follow-up to her previous book, The Song of Achilles, um, and she, like, knows her stuff. She has an MA in classics, mm-hmm. so... Uh, The book gives the witch from the Greek myth, The Odyssey, Circe, a backstory that spans for thousands of years, um... And it was really fun for me because I've obviously, I imagine like most of us, I've read The Odyssey, mm-hmm. but it was a long time ago. So like, I I, I would say I recognize, recognize like half the characters, right. but I knew all of them. I was like, I know, I don't get the the power of this moment, but I know that you're a character and I should know what this means. <laughs> yep. Well, the same way. Yeah. Um, and uh, Miller said she got the idea because as a kid, she heard about like this witch who could turn men into pigs and she was so excited to read it and then the odyssey it's like 15 lines and she was so disappointed right. so she was like i'm going to give her a story and yeah if you need a, if you need a reminder that is circe's role in the odyssey she was this um witch that turned odysseus's men into pigs but he challenged her and kind of tricked her with hermes and she changed them back and then her and odysseus become lovers for a while and then she helps them when they leave oh um, and probably quick disclaimer, we did look up the Greek pronunciations for things, <laughs> but it might be a bit of a mess and apologies in advance. Yes. Um, so Miller's work uh, in this book fleshes out Circe's story, everything that brings her to that moment in the Odyssey and carries her after it. And it reimagines many of these heroic acts that we've heard in Greek mythology as orchestrations of Circe, or like Circe had something to do with it. Um, And this character has long inspired writers from Ovid to James Joyce to Margaret Atwood, which is actually a theme 
in this story that that the men right. of these Greek myths told these stories. Uh, they they made themselves heroes in them, and then it was men who passed those stories on. And because of that, they were these men were painted as heroes. When more often than not, you're kind of like, well, it seems like the lady here did a lot of the work. She <laughs> saved her life or uh, sacrificed herself for you. So that seems. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should mention that. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of cameos from famous Greek mythological characters like Daedalus, Icarus, Jason, Odysseus, Hermes, Artemis, Achilles, Paris, Helen, Apollo, Agamemnon, Athena. Uh, just a, it was a delight. <laughs> um, and this book, as of now, is getting an eight-part HBO miniseries. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, so... We wanted to start with, obviously, the plot. Uh, so the story follows Circe, a nymph, or a bride's nymphs were called, but that is not really how the world saw us. We were an endless feast laid out upon a table, beautiful and renewing, and so very bad at getting away. <laughs> Such a great yeah. line, so very bad at getting yes. away. It's a little bit of ominous. <laughs> uh, and she is the daughter of the god of the sun and one of the most powerful titans, Helios, and the nymph. Percy. She is a witch who can use plants and words to cast spells. Her family is not kind to her. Uh, they treat her oh. as a lesser. They describe her voice as frail, the voice of the mortal, obviously, uh, that she's weak and the weakest of the circles. She's not as beautiful, so therefore she is completely cast aside. Um, Cersei is one of many of Helios' children, including her cruel sister, Pasiphae and her brother Perseus, and the younger brother that she helped raise, Aetes. Her family is not kinder, like we said before, and at one point, Helios, her father, burns her in punishment, and throughout the book, we see, mul- we see multiple instances of their cruelty uh, and their desire for power. I also love it. I love Pasiphae. Sounds like being pacified, <laughs> and she's like the opposite right. of Right. She's kind like of the meanie of the bunch. <laughs> um, in an early formative memory, Circe meets Prometheus just after he has disobeyed Zeus by helping mortals by showing them fire. So it's the night before he is to begin his sentence, chained to a rock for all eternity. Each day, his liver devoured by an eagle, only for the liver to regenerate overnight and the whole process to start all over again, which sounds absolutely miserable. Um, Circe witnesses him being whipped, and after everyone else leaves, including the Furies, who also make a cameo, mm-hmm. uh, Circe brings him nectar, even though it is forbidden. And the two have this exchange. You aided mortals, I said. That is why you were punished. It is. Will you tell me what is a mortal like? It was a child's question, but he nodded gravely. There is no single answer. They are each different. The only thing they share is death. You know the word? I know it, I said, but I do not understand. No, God can. Their bodies crumble and pass into earth. Their souls turn to cold smoke and fly to the underworld. There they eat nothing and drink nothing and feel no warmth. Everything they reach for slips from their grasp. A chill shivered across my skin. How do they bear it? As best they can. As best they can. So mm-hmm. while Cersei is not powerful in the traditional goddess sense, she discovers she has a talent for witchcraft, which we all love. Uh, and this is mm-hmm. something she discovers in the mortal realm where she falls in love with a young fisherman named Glaucus. She uses her magic to turn him into a god, but finds that becoming a god has made him shallow and cruel. Surprise, surprise. He shows Cersei no gratitude and pretty much tosses her away, refusing to give her any attention. She also uses her magic to transform a nymph and a romantic rival for Glaucus named Scylla into a monster to match her inner personality. 
Well, damn. Uh, Scylla becomes a behemoth, 12 tentacles and six mouths, guarding a strait in the ocean, taking six or 12 men from any boat that attempts passage. Uh, this is something that haunts Cersei over the years, uh, the death of the mortals caused by Cersei's spells and the mindless monster she's reduced Scylla to. Yeah, and Scylla was, I forgot about Scylla, so that I had to look up like, what, I'm, yeah. what is the backstory there? I'm not going to lie, because when I read, I just move on. I kind of didn't give a second glance other than, okay, great, monster character, next. Yeah, so I love this. <laughs> I love the, the story behind it. Um, Zeus feels threatened by Cersei's power. <laughs> like, King of the Gods is like, no lady can have this power. <laughs> uh, and commands her father to exile her. Of course he does. So he does to a small isolated island named Aiaia. So I couldn't find a pronunciation for that. That's just a guess I like it. on my part. So apologies <laughs> if I'm way off. Um, here, Cersei tames animals like lions and wolves. She grows plants and herbs. She works on her magic. She learns how to be independent, um, to braid her hair back and tie her skirts up so they wouldn't catch on twigs. She like learns how to carve and sew and all kinds of things. Um, while there, uh, she encounters many famous figures from Greek mythology. One of the first to appear is Daedalus, who arrives via boat to summon her to attend to her sister's birth. Um, and Cersei is furious about this, uh, but also wants to take the rare chance to break her exile. As far as she knows, it could be her only chance. Um, this journey, of course, required that they pass Scylla. Uh, Daedalus's crew had already lost men on the way to the island. Uh, but with magic and with her wit, Cersei is able to protect the rest of the crew. This is also something that really anno annoys Cersei because she feels like her sister totally did that on purpose, that they had to go that mm -hmm. way and sent the, the boat that way because she knew, <laughs> like, you created this monster. Here you go. Um, so when they arrive, Cersei learns that her sister, who is married to Minos, the king of Crete, has sired a monster with one of her and Cersei's father's sacred white bulls. With Cersei's help, she gives birth to the Minotaur. Um, Cersei has a heated confrontation with her sister where her sister lays bare how she sees the world and the golden cages of men that they both inhabit, the horrors and, and injustices they both had to navigate because of the men in their lives, and how she thought she and Cersei were alike and how she was disappointed, actually, <laughs> that they weren't closer as children, which I really loved that whole exchange. And the argument shakes Cersei. Like, the fact that her, her sister says that they have something in common is like, oh, oh no. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, so Cersei learns that Daedalus and his son Icarus are imprisoned and Daedalus and Cersei have sex, obviously. Uh, with Cersei's help, he builds a maze to trap the Minotaur, a creature meant to frighten the citizens of Crete and keep them under control. Now, Daedalus also gifts Cersei with a beautiful loom that she takes with her back to her island. Um, and later, Cersei learns that Icarus died during their escape attempt, flying too close to the sun and destroying his wings. And Daedalus dies soon after from heartbreak, supposedly. Yeah. Um, one of the next people to visit her island is Medea, her brother Aetes' daughter, and her husband Jason. Uh, Medea begs Cersei for a ritual to wash them clean of blood and crime, and they kind of do this before revealing who they are. Um, so Cersei does, but she learns the story of what brought them there. Um, 
that in order to protect Jason, Medea had helped him accomplish several feats, including stealing the golden fleece. And as they fled her very angry father, uh, she dismembered her brother and tossed him into the sea, knowing her father would have to stop in his pursuit to perform the rites for her deceased brother. Um, Circe tries to convince Medea that Jason and his people will not welcome her, that she will regret going with them, uh, that Medea should stay with her. Uh, but Medea lays into Circe, essentially calling her lonely and pathetic and trapped, um, desperately trying to keep Medea trapped next to her. Um, she also reveals the depths of IET's cruelty, perhaps the only family member Circe had a close relation to uh, at one time, telling Circe that he hates women, Medea leaves with Jason the next day. And later, Cersei finds out that an enraged Medea killed her and Jason's children after Jason betrayed her, unwilling to let anyone have them but her, and then returned to the realm of the gods. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't wrong then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whew. Uh, and during all of this, by the way, Cersei learned most of this information from Hermes, whom she had an on-and-off affair with for over 100 years. So, like, she would learn about Daedalus from him or, or Medea from him. Uh, but he treated her like a game, and she grew to detest him before right. ending it. I mean, she didn't really like him either, but... It yeah, no, they, they didn't seem to like each other. It was just sort of a thing that like, they eh, did. You're here. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, so Cersei's cut by Medea's words, and she starts to open her island to lost sailors looking for food and rest. On one such occasion, the captain mm, rapes her when he finds out she's alone on the island. And before the other men can do likewise, she kills the captain and turns the rest into pigs. Uh, she is so consumed with rage and vengeance, she turns any man who comes to her island into a pig. Yes, Boom. so here we arrive at the... <laughs> pig. Odyssey, <laughs> yes, turning men into pigs thing. So this doesn't change her turning men who visit her island into pigs until the arrival of Odysseus. After Cersei transforms his crew into pigs, Odysseus arrives and he convinces her to transform his men back and allow them to stay for several months. Um, listening to that without reading the book, you might be like, but how though? Yeah. But they, they kind of like immediately hit it off and had a conversation about right. it. Um so Cersei and Odysseus become lovers and he keeps lengthening his stay longer and longer. Like, maybe I'll just stay another month. Maybe I'll stay in the winter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this is despite the fact that Odysseus is, in his words, happily married mm -hmm. and the father to a son he hasn't seen in many mm -hmm. years. And he speaks fondly of them. Um, eventually, Apollo gives Cersei a prophecy about Odysseus, but grudgingly, she shares it with him and he and his men return home. And just as he's leaving... Cersei realizes she is pregnant with his child. Ruh -ruh. Yeah. Here's what Cersei thinks when she hears the stories and poems of her meeting with Odysseus later. Quote, I was not surprised by the portrait of myself, the proud witch undone before the hero's sword, kneeling and begging for mercy. Humbling women seems to me a chief pastime for poets, as if there can be no story unless we crawl and weep. That speaks volumes. Um, <laughs> and the experience of giving birth is tumultuous is a tumultuous one that Cersei undertakes 
alone. Um, and when she realizes something is preventing her child from being born, she cuts it from her stomach. Using magic, she learns that the goddess Athena is determined to kill her son, Telegonus, to prevent something he does in the future. Um, Cersei does not back down and instead uses extremely powerful and taxing magic to ward the island so that no god or goddess can set foot on her island. Right. Um, and raising Telegonus proves to be a very arduous task. He is an angry, difficult child that chafes at her protection. Like, he's always trying to run away, and she's always <laughs> like, no, you're staying right here by my side, never. Um, and he's constantly looking to the horizon for adventure. As he grows old, older, he does. He mellows out. He becomes a sweet, curious child, but there's still that thirst to, to, go, to go somewhere. Right. Um, and Cersei tells him these really sanitized tales of his father's adventures, which he just eats up. Um, and anything that isn't flattering, even in the slightest bit, he corrects her, telling her his father was noble and or heroic. He could never do anything wrong. Um, when he's 15, Cersei learns that with the help of Hermes, which she's not happy about at all, uh, Telegonus has been constructing a boat in order to sail to the kingdom of Ithaca to meet his father, Odysseus. Um, Cersei tries very hard to convince him not to, reminding him of Athena's determination to kill him, um, that he'll be leaving the protection of the island. But despite her terror, Telegonus is determined and naive. Um, so she weaves spells around him, protection spells, and she marches to the darkest, coldest, deepest depths of the waters to confront one of its deadliest creatures, challenging it for its goddess-killing tail. Um, it offers to give it to her if she would touch the poison and condemn herself to a life of eternal pain. She does so, but to her shock, the pain does not come. The creature informs her no one has ever passed the test before and commands her to cut off the tail. She has won. She can take the prize. Uh, she does so. She feels very uncomfortable, but she does do it. And she fashions the tail into a goddess-killing spear, although it could really kill just about anything that she gives to her son. <laughs> it's a spear. Yes, it can. Uh, <laughs> uh, he yes. leaves, but returns shortly after with Odysseus' wife, Penelope, and his son, Telemachus. Turns out Odysseus went mad without war to distract him, killing subjects and any who would dare defy him. Surprise, surprise. When Telegonus arrived, he mistook him for an attacker and Telegonus accidentally killed him with a spear. Oops. Um, yeah. As Odysseus died, Telegonus told him he was his son. And instead of staying on in Ithaca, Penelope and Telemachus wanted to accompany him to the island of his mother and of the lover Odysseus had told them about. Cersei is immediately suspicious that they want to kill her son, but after confronting them separately, she learns of Odysseus' poor treatment of his family, of his deterioration on Ithaca that impacted Telegonus and Penelope too. Um, and Cersei also learns that Athena intends to have Telemachus take Odysseus' place as her champion, and that's why Penelope brought him there so she could have time to repair their relationship. Um, and Cersei agrees to give them a few months only after ensuring an oath of protection from Athena for her son, which is appropriate. Um, time right. passes and Cersei drops the protection. Athena offers Telemachus a chance to build a kingdom and rule, but he turns it down. So Athena turns to Telegonus instead, and he accepts, even though it hurts and she's scared, even though it hurts her and she's scared, Cersei lets him go. Yeah, and if you're curious, like uh Athena was trying to prevent the death of Odysseus, right. who was her champion. Right. And so she saw Telegonus was going to kill him with the spear that her 
Cersei made to protect him. Right. Uh, and all he wanted was to meet his dad. But now that Odysseus is dead, she really doesn't care about Telegonus or killing him anymore. Right. She wants she, Telemachus, but then... She flips real quick. Telemachus is like, nah, all right, <laughs> then I'll go to Telegonus. <laughs> okay. Um, so, after Telegonus leaves, Cersei confronts her father uh, and blackmails him to lift her exile. When he tells her not to bring shame to the family, she tells him to count her out of it. He's like, you are the least of my four children. And she's like, well, how about you just say you have three children and just leave me out of the whole thing? (laughs) Um, uh, She teaches Penelope the basics of witchcraft and then journeys with Telemachus, first to Scylla, where she uses a potion to turn her to stone and end her misery and her reign of terror. Uh, Then to the beach where she first found the plants that allowed her to turn Glaucos into a god, also her first foray into witchcraft, really. Uh, She picks them. Her and Telemachus become lovers, which was probably the biggest surprise of the whole thing to me. Um, And they return to the island where Penelope has really taken to this witch thing and houses all wayward nymph daughters. That was This was once a thing that, uh, a task that was put on Cersei, but she shunned it and refused to do it after a while. (laughs) But uh, Penelope has picked it back up. Um, Cersei plants one of the flowers on the island to see if it might grow, and then she imbibes the rest, wishing to become a mortal. She sees a vision of a future with Telemachus where they love each other and have two daughters, that they travel, which is something they've always wanted to do. They go to see Telegonus, and that one day she dies. And that is the end. Um, And here's the quote. Overhead, the constellations dip and wheel. My divinity shines in me like the last rays of the sun before they drown in the sea. I thought once that gods are the opposite of death, but I see now they are more dead than anything, for they are unchanging and can hold nothing in their hands. All my life I've been moving forward, and now I am here. I have a mortal's voice. Let me have the rest. I lift the brimming bowl to my lips and drink. Boom. Yeah. So ends yeah. another Greek, not so tragic, but tragic tr- tragedy. <laughs> a tragic tragedy, as they say. There were certainly tragic moments, but yeah, it was pretty powerful overall. Yeah. Um, but now let's talk about some themes. But first, let's pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yep, and it's time for themes. So let's go ahead and jump into the power and obviously heroes. So recurring theme throughout is the idea of heroes and the people behind them and their stories. Again, we've talked about with Greek myths, there's many a heroes, many a villains. Um, again mm-hmm. and again, we learn that they are complex people with flaws, more than the glossed over legends we read growing up. And more often than not, there was a woman or many women behind them. Yeah, and you see this especially with Odysseus when we learn about him through the lens of those who knew him. Uh, so Telegonus had this beautiful, perfect story in his head of who his father was, uh, the one in the stories we've all read. And this is his mother was telling him these stories. But Telemachus, who had grew up with him, well, no, he hadn't grown up with him, but he had seen him when he returned, um, had this really unflinching, violent reality that he would saw, um, as does Circe. Although for her, she interpreted it somewhat differently, coming from the world of gods and goddesses, and her interpre- interpretation changes when she hears the pain it caused Telemachus, which was a really interesting thing. Um, So through them, we see a more complex character who did have these amazing qualities, but also was quite, uh, quite flawed. Um, This character who needed these adventures, these one-time experiences, as Circe calls them, to be like the first, to be as close to immortality as possible, to be the hero in these stories, and is absolutely willing to hurt others to achieve it and paint that as a heroic act. Right. Uh, and another theme woven throughout is power and what it can look like, abuse of power and the limitations on how people can achieve it, especially for women. Many of the powerful women in the book are limited by the men in their lives and punished if they transgress. Uh, Circe was banished by her father after her powers frightened Zeus. Uh, her sister tells of the depths of pain and sacrifice she's made to hold on to power and to please the cruel men in her life. Power and the thirst of it drives these violent, cruel, and or thoughtless gods and goddesses and many of the heroes in their orbit. Right. Um, and another big theme in these in this book is loneliness and immortality. Um, and I thought I thought uh, the author did a really good job of that because it would be difficult to write for someone who just has such a different perspective on what it is right. to be alive and not to have that fear. And I think the biggest, for me, the biggest point of that where I was like, oh, wow, this would be very strange experience for a goddess was when she gave birth and she was like, oh, my God, anything could kill this child. Right, right. <laughs> like, she didn't really have to worry about that. But um, so let's talk about loneliness first, especially as it does pertain to immortality. Um, Cersei spends centuries alone and isolated and it leads her to make choices she later regrets. Um, her affair with Hermes, when she once treasured his slights as crumbs, uh, letting down her guard around men that led to her rape, her absolute determination not to let her son leave her side. Um, 
Her immortality also influences how she sees people. And, and throughout the book, we, we see her mature and age over centuries in what I thought was a really fascinating way because she has just such a longer arc right. <laughs> of time than we do. Um, like we see her counsel Medea and Telegonus, for example, on, a, on mistakes that she made in her youth, only to be ignored, of course. Um and the mortality of those she loves terrifies her and saddens her. And yeah, you see that when her first her child is born and everything becomes really dangerous. Uh, everything is one heartbeat less uh, taking him away from her. On top of the loneliness, there's a layer of betrayal and abandonment, especially by the men in Cersei's life, whether it's her father, her brother, her lover. And this is often after Cersei puts these men first. Male relationships take precedent over sisterly relationships or mother-daughter relationships, for instance. Um, Cersei spends much of her time with her family trying to please her father, to care for her younger brother. And when she gets older, she learns that her sister wanted a relationship with her. Surprise. <laughs> Although it's understandable why Cersei shied away from her. Yeah, because, you know, they kind of hated each other. Um, this yeah. is something that changes as Cersei ages. And at the end, she rejects her father, reevaluates her younger brother, um, and Cersei comes to see at least a little bit of herself in the women throughout. Many women who start as antagonists ends as something more. Right. And that brings us to uh, attitudes towards women that we see in these books. <laughs> in this book, uh, the women are almost always the ones that are punished, or the women lash out against men or women as a way to feel like they aren't imprisoned, as a way to feel like they have some kind of power or agency. Um, women are seen as pawns for the men to dole out and chain in one way or another. There's a lot of slut-shaming, too, and also a lot of judging of Cersei as basically a weird witch spinster lady. Right. Um, <laughs> another thing we see a lot of is women fighting women. And, I mean, like, even in the beginning with uh, Cersei and Scylla, which Cersei does kind of by the end of the book, that's, like, one of her final acts right. as the book ends, as she goes and tries to make that right. Um, and most of the women who do succeed in this world do so through cruelty. Like Cersei's sister are kind of by, like, Cersei's sister, I, I just found her so fascinating. Because um, she kind of, she didn't really succeed, but she was as close as I imagine you can get in this, like, really male-dominated right. world. And that's why she was so cruel. Right. And, like, cut you to the bone because she had to play the game. Right. And she was miserable for it. Like she said, she talked about all the pain she went through and the sacrifices she made. But she was also like, yeah, pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, uh, these women were often cruel to other women. And I remember I wrote this down on a notepad when I was reading it and I just wanted to put it in here <laughs> because there's definitely a vibe of lady get married or you are nothing. And if no one wants to marry you, you're nothing. Right. Wow, it was pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, throughout the entire book, all the women are definitely pandering to men. That, that yeah, is they're the trying entirety. to get that 
heroic men. <laughs> when really, again, they were the ones probably behind the right. whole thing. <laughs> I could care less if they were there or not. Um, mm-hmm. So going back to that hero worship thing, we see so many men taking credit <laughs> for mm-hmm. women's work and making themselves the hero of the story. It's particularly exemplified in the marriage between Jason and Medea after Medea had used magic to save him again and again and pretty much got that golden fleece for him. Yet when he tells a story, he's obviously the hero. And people remember him as the hero and pass that story on. Uh, It's written, she, Medea, was silent a long moment. What of Jason? Let him be a hero. You are something else. And what is that? In my mind, I saw us already. Our heads bent together over the purple flowers of aconite, the black roots of moly. I would rescue her from her tainted past. A witch, I said, with unbound power. Who need answer to none but herself? But Medea says no to that. (laughs) And we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Then there's the fact that Circe lies to her son about the acts of his father, Decius, to protect the child's image of him. And it really emphasizes, or at least to me, that saying behind every great man, there is a woman. Um, There's also many instances of women making sacrifices that go ignored for love, only to be discarded or otherwise punished. Also, in that example with Medea and Jason, uh, Jason, even at this early stage, was clearly scared of Medea like, and her power and was already kind of trying to distance himself, <laughs> even though she'd got him that fleece mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, here's another quote. The nymphs wafted around me. Their smothered laughter drifted down the halls. At least I told myself it was not their brothers who would have bragged and fought and hunted down my wolves. But of course, there was never a real danger. Sons were not punished. Hmm. So there's so many tales of keeping wives in chains, of torturing them, of pretty much disposing of them, uh, keeping powerful women tamed in golden cages, making them smaller, promises of false power, uh, of men afraid of powerful women, keeping knowledge of magic to themselves or punishing women for it, seriously, specifically to an island by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and when mm-hmm. describing her niece, the demigoddess Medea, uh, now that I knew who she was, such meekness looked absurd on her, like a, like a great eagle trying to hunch down to fit inside a sparrow's nest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that quote. Um, which brings us to something we talk about a lot on this show, yeah. women getting revenge. revenge. <laughs> but first, let's pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Me. 
Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And yes, we are back with <laughs> women getting revenge because there are so many instances of it and revenge in general, but specifically in this case, women getting revenge. Uh, you've got Cersei's sister cursing her husband for cheating by turning his sperm into stinging insects that killed the women he slept with, which sounds horrible. Which is really funny that it killed the woman instead of him. I guess it would Yes, be. again. <laughs> again, women punishing other women and seeing disposable. Women as disposable. Um, then, of course, there's Circe killing and burning the man who raped her and turning his crew into pigs. After that, she punishes any men who come to her island uh, with the same. She turns them into pigs. Um, especially when they learn she's a woman alone and they do not care that she is a goddess. Uh, yeah, she'll... She has, like, this whole wine set up. She puts a drug in the wine and says a magic word, fall asleep, turn into pigs. Um, she doesn't stop doing this until Odysseus and later admits to herself that she almost lost herself to cold fury, that she was turning men into pigs indiscriminately. Uh, and that is another recurrent theme in the book, regret. And that's one of my favorite quotes is, uh, do not take my regret from me. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. So here's another quote. Uh, Mistress. It was later again. When will your husband be home? We would toast such fine hospitality. I laughed. Oh, I do not have a husband. He smiled back. Of course, he said. You're too young to be married. Then it is your father we must think. It was full dark outside, and the room glowed warm and bright. My father lives far away, I said. I waited for them to ask who he was. A limp lighter that would be a good jest. I smelled to myself. Then perhaps there's some other host we should think. An uncle, a brother. If you would thank your host, I said, thank me. This house is mine alone. And at that word, the air changed the room. Yeah, so this was a really, like, Ugh. terrifying, because he was trying to find out there's a man He's there. probing, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, after that, uh, Circe is raped um, by the captain and then kills him and turns the crew into pigs. Um, and, and then we see much later... Uh, Here's another quote. Mistress, the leader would say, do not tell me that such a beauty as yourself dwells all alone. Oh yes, I would answer, quite alone. He would smile. He could not help it. There was never any fear in him. Why should there be? He had already noted for himself that there was no man's cloak hanging by the door, no hunter's bow, no shepherd's staff, no sign of brothers or fathers or sons. No vengeance would follow after. If I were valuable to anyone, I would not be allowed to live alone. Um. Yeah, 
And and that's something that really hurts her too is her father surely knew that this was going to happen right. and did happen and did not come. Um, even though she is a powerful witch, she is a woman alone in the world and has to use techniques of self-defense that all women can recognize. That, that's something else I liked about this book is even though it's like gods and goddesses, there right. are these themes that you're like, no, I can relate to that. Right. Um, and... Obviously, another thing that we have talked about many a times uh, is motherhood, specifically single motherhood, which is a big part of this book. Uh, when Cersei gives birth, she is alone and terrified, more terrified than she has ever been. She can feel a goddess trying to hold her baby back to kill it, but she fights harder than she has ever fought. Um, and after the baby is born, despite being a difficult baby that cries and fights, uh, she realizes she would do anything to protect him. And... She does. With her magic, she is able to keep Athena out. She walks to the darkest depths of the ocean and accepts the deal given to her for unending pain in exchange for the god-killing weapon to protect her son, the weapon that would later kill the father, uh, Odysseus, when Telegonus journeys to meet him, causing her son great pain. Uh, and she describes raising her son as the most difficult of her life, that she's always exhausted, which sounds about right and her waking hours consumed with worry and work. And letting him go is one of the hardest things she has ever had to do. Oh, and she finds so much strength in motherhood. She learns even she doesn't know just how powerful she is and just what she can do. Yeah. And I loved that too of her trying to figure out, she, again, she's not mortal. So she's like, oh, I got to make all these diapers. This isn't enough diapers. Oh my God, it's hungry again. It's still food. Oh no. <laughs> um... So I, I wanted to end on this quote, which I loved. It is a common saying that women are delicate creatures, flowers, eggs, anything that may be crushed in a moment's carelessness. If I had ever believed it, I no longer did. Um, <laughs> and this is what Cersei thinks after talking to Odysseus' wife, uh, Penelope. And yeah, that whole scene really drives home how terrifying being a parent can be in this single motherhood and, and the strength of, of women in, in these stories right. um which i loved because yeah when you read those greek myths they are mostly about like the male heroes right. and then the duplicitous like right. female goddesses messing with things um or the the like really attractive young lady that caused a war or something right like so it was good to get this different take fleshed out complex female characters I loved it. Right. They're usually side characters who just give birth to babies, half gods, mm -hmm. who oftentimes didn't have a choice in being impregnated. So <laughs> this yeah, is definitely and they a were better story. Like, either killed or <laughs> tossed aside. Just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Um, and we would love your recommendations for what our next book club yes. pick should be. Yes. Yes, you can send those to our email, which is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Oh, thanks, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.